your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwampReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. We are back day three of four, and we have a first. We have a first here on the podcast, but I seem to have been coming on a lot lately saying this. But this is for the first time going to have multiple guests on in a single episode, usually. It's been one-on-ones, but we, we've we got, uh, I guess you could say one-on-two, two-on-one uh, this this time back on the UCO baseball front. If you recall, we had former uh, UCO All-American pitcher Kyler Patterson on last week. I appreciate the support on that. I uh, did, it, it did, it did, it did well. So I have found two more former UCO pitchers and anybody that's followed UCO baseball knows how good the pitching has has been. So, without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guests now. I'm joined by former University of Central Oklahoma pitchers uh, Braden Nelson and Lawson Isaacs. Uh, gentlemen, thank you for taking time to talk to me this afternoon. I open the floor to whoever wants to go first. But could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Lawson, you got it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I graduated. Uh, from Edmond North in 2017. Then I went to Juco with KP for a year. It was on last week at NSC Enid. And I came to UCO for three years. And then I went to, uh, I graduated Piedmont in 2016 and then went to Neosho County up in Kansas and then transferred to UCO. I think like after the 2018 season. I was there for three years, too. Now, both you all played Juco. So what was your Juco experience like? Um, my Juco experience, I mean, it was – I love Juco. Like, it was a good time, everybody. I mean, you basically live with all your teammates in the dorm, so you're seeing everyone. It could just be like a regular Monday night, and you go up there, and you're just dope room hopping around, seeing what everyone's up to. So it's like a constant little party up there. And then my coach is pretty cool, too. He's, like, famous on Twitter, so he's always tweeting out, like, his name's Steve Murray. He's always tweeting out jersey combinations, all this stuff. And then, But, yeah, I had a good time at JUCO. Yeah, my JUCO experience was good, too, because, like like Bix said, uh, just living with everyone, like, eating lunch and dinner with everyone. Just you go in there, like, not really knowing anyone, but then you spend every day with all your teammates. And you can just go into any room at any time, and someone's gonna be doing something. Um. So what? What? What would you all say was your 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 favorite part of of your JUCO experience? 
I would say just honestly living with everybody. I mean, you're constantly, like I said, you're constantly hanging out with all the guys 24-7. And you go to practice, you go to the cafeteria, you go to class with them. You know everybody at your JUCO, so you go to class, you're seeing them. But, yeah, I just say just being around all the, all your teammates all the time, just hanging out, having a good time. Yeah, I'd say that too. But then my sophomore year, we actually ended up winning the JUCO World Series National Championship game. Okay, so what 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 was the what was that experience like for you? Uh, it was good because my freshman year we made it to the semis, and but then we lost. So then getting back there and being able to play, and uh, it was at our home field too. The World Series was being able to play the national championship game in front of like everyone in Enid. It was like five or six thousand people there. I've never played in front of a crowd that big. It was it was good. It was fun. Were there were there were there nerves for you at that point? Uh, I th- I pitched in the semifinals game, and there was pretty much the same amount of people there. And when I first got out there, it kind of was, but then like once I got like warmed up and everything, then everything kind of settled down, kind of locked in, adrenaline kicked over too. Yeah. So a- after you all Druco things, you both end up at UCO. So. How did you all decide UCO was where you wanted to continue your baseball career? Uh, out of Juco, I didn't have that many offers, and I knew I wasn't good enough to go to Division One, so I kind of set my sights on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have the ninety-five mile an hour fastball, so I, I figured D two was the route. But I knew I want to go to MI AA, and then my uh, Juco coaches did a good job. They reached out to other schools and the conference like Missouri Southern and then I think Pitt State and then UCO offered me and I was familiar with the area. I'm from Piedmont, so kinda knew a lot of people around the Edmond area. So I just felt right going to UCO. And then I think KP mentioned it in his podcast. He had a good connection with the pitching coach and Coach George and I really liked him. Me and him still talk. Me and him and me, Coach George and KP are still in a group text to this day. We just kind of text each other, mess around. So I just think the people here and just being familiar with the area, that's how I ended up here. Yeah, and I, I also got pretty close to Coach George because he knew a lot of like, – there was a bunch of people from uh, NOC that came to UCO, and then him being close with KP, he'd come up to games all the time in the fall and the spring at Enid. And I came on a couple of visits to UCO when I was still at Enid. And then just like – like the campus, like the coaches, the facilities are pretty much D1 facilities. Uh, now, Braden, now you, you, you specifically wanted to play in the MIAA. So what was it about the MIAA that made you so determined to finish your career playing in that conference? Um, I think just like, I mean, being – I was at Kansas Juco and obviously like get my double A so I – Kansas team. So, I mean, just being familiar with the MIAA, my coach had the uh, coach Murray had a lot of connections with MIAA coaches. And I just knew it was a good baseball division. Like, we always joked about UCO. We said the SEC of D2. So, we just always said it was a good division. So, I, yeah, that's just when I knew I wanted to go there. And then uh, in 2019, you 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 tied the, the school record for season with the 2.12 ERA. Now at the at the at the at the time, were you aware that you were 
close to tying that or did you realize it or learn about that after the fact? <laughs> I think it was uh, towards the end of the season, I kind of knew. And then because during the season, I think I went like the first month without giving up a run because I was out of the bullpen to begin with. And like me and everyone else, we joke, be like, dude, how, how have I not given up a run yet? Like it's due. Like, and then sure enough, a buddy I went to Juco with, he, I think he hit a home run off me. And then, but towards the end, yeah, I was like, geez, I don't know. It was kind of, I didn't know exactly what the record was, but I knew I was kind of close to it. And then KP, of course, had to beat me. <laughs> now, 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 are, are we salty about that? <laughs> I mean, it lasted like a year. Like two years, bro. No, I, this year, I, kinda, I just kind of joke with him about it because, I mean, this year I, I saw he's doing well and obviously I was happy for him. But after games and stuff, I'd be like, dude, you better give up some runs, man. I need to keep that record. <laughs> And then, so I'd always just kind of mess with him, but I was happy it was KP that beat it because me and him used to live together and then we're pretty good friends. So I'm glad it was him that beat it. But yeah, I would, I'd kind of give him a hard time for it. Uh, and then you all had a team record of 548 strikeouts that season. So from a, from a pitching standpoint, what, like, what was the secret sauce for you all? Oh, uh, I credit most of the strikeouts to Dylan Hall. I wasn't much of a strikeout pitcher. I probably didn't help much in that, but <laughs> I think it was just kind of knowing hitters. And I don't know. We got good scouting reports on other teams. So, if you know, one guy chases a slider in the dirt, I'd be throwing that every time I got two strikes. Because definitely when you're pitching, if you got a situation to strike somebody out, you're definitely going for it. Uh, and then for Lawson in 2022, you, you had not only a perfect game, uh, you had a complete game. You allowed no hits, no runs, uh, no walks, five strikeouts to seven innings. You threw the no-hitter in a 12-0 win over Fort Hayes. What, uh, what was working for you? Uh, well, I was really just throwing, like, fastballs for a strike and then throwing sliders, like, for swing and miss, and then just getting ahead early because I don't think I got to a three-ball count the whole day. Just like throwing strikes, pretty much. I heard, uh, I heard Applebee's the night before helped out too. Yeah, I went and got some appetizers. Now, what? What? What was your? Uh, what was your appetizer of choice? Uh, <laughs> mozzarella sticks. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, w w were you were you surprised by your game that you had, or, or did did you kind of know that you kind of had a, a a perfect game and no hitter in? Uh, I really wasn't sure because, like, I knew it was a no hitter. I didn't know it was a perfect game. Like, and I was only supposed to go like one or two innings because I pitched on Friday as well. And then, like, in the third or fourth inning. I hit a guy, but they said he swung, but he was on first at one point. But then they brought him back and said it was a strikeout because he swung around. I wasn't really thinking about it much because I wasn't even sure if we were going to get the run rule because I think if we would have gone like nine innings because I was already at a decent amount of pitches, I don't know how much longer I would have been able to go. Uh, and this was the, this was the, the first, if well, it was the, no, was the whole, oh, my notes right. This was the first perfect game in school history. So for you, knowing all the pitchers that came before you, 
What does it mean to you to say you're currently the first and the only to have a, a no hitter? Uh, honestly, like with some of the pitchers, like there's been a few drafted in the past few years. Kind of surprised that none of them did it. But uh, and, and and both you all has had success against Fort Hayes. Obviously, Lawson had the no hitter. Brandon, in 2019, you had a season high. Uh, Adding eight strikeouts against Fort Hayes. So, what is it about Fort Hayes that uh, you know allows you all to be so successful pitching against? Uh, I mean, I think, I think me and Lawson. I mean, we're just kind of we were just kind of junk ball guys. So, I think it just matched up well against them. We'd throw off speeds and then uh, basically pitch backwards. But yeah, I think it, we just matched up well against Fort Hayes, and obviously we had good scouting report too. Yeah, like they would really just try to swing, swing as hard as they could. So if you just spin some stuff in there, you can get them out. They definitely sell out for the the first pitch fastball. <laughs> and um, okay, so I know, so I know Lawson mentioned going into the forties, he had just pitched that Friday. So as as a pitcher, how do you all kind of go about managing your arm throughout the season? You uh, just uh, roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah. Usually, like decent amount of ibuprofen. Yeah, <laughs> get some ibuprofen, some BioFreeze. I mean, all the above. But I mean, once you get up, once you get up there, and, like the adrenaline kicks in. I think all the, at least for me, all the pain. When you just kind of forget about it, and then you got pulled after, and then you're just like, "Wow, my arm hurts." But. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think just the the mixture of ibuprofen, some adrenaline that that's that's the trick to it. Uh, okay. So what 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 would you say is you all's uh, most effective pitch? I'd say probably both of us. Probably uh, mine's definitely slider. Bix is either slider or changeup. Yeah, probably. I'd say slider was the bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and as a as a pitcher, because I, I think uh was it now yeah, because you all you're part of a bullpen. So kind of like what is that dynamic like for 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 those of us who might not have been in, in a bullpen type? Like what is that uh what is that experience like? The bullpen might be the weirdest place on earth. Like just the conversations down there, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. You just gotta you just gotta stay loose down there, I think. And then we would always have a snack bag down there too. So the last pitcher that gave up a home run, they would have to take this like princess backpack, a pink backpack, and go to Walmart <laughs> and they'd have to fill it up with snacks for the whole bullpen. So We'd be down there in the bullpen like the second inning, just snacking the whole game. <laughs> now, what what were the snacks of like? What were the snacks of of choice for you all? My favorite was definitely the little high chews. Yeah, high chews were definitely popular. Those I tried. They didn't last over a game or two. the The trick was we couldn't get chocolate because chocolate would just melt out there. You. you if you got chocolate, you'd have to eat it in like the second inning. So it was kind of like a challenge, but we had to get something that wouldn't melt. So the high chews, Laffy Taffies, what else we get? Some big league chew, of course. 
<laughs> Usually some crack, some goldfish or something. Yeah, goldfish. Something a little salty. That, now, now for the for the unfortunate person that had to go carry that backpack and fill it with snacks, was that something that you all ribbed on that person until another person had to fill that backpack? Or, or was it kind of just, you know, the, the kind of shame of having to go and fill that backpack with, with snacks? Uh, I think it was just, yeah, like if, I mean, some we'd have pitchers sometimes, they give up a home run and they wouldn't fill up the snack bag. And I think it's worse, like coming to the field and you just get everyone yelling at you because you didn't fill up the snack bag. But we also had to deal with the uh, pitching coaches. Like if we threw a shutout, then the pitching coach would have to fill up the snack bag. So just gave us a little extra motivation to go out there and not give up runs. Oh, so so they were in on the snack bag as well. Oh yeah, yeah. everyone was in it. <laughs> that's, that's great. The worst was uh, position players would try and come down and get some snacks out of it and be like, "No, dude, get out of here! You're not a pitcher." <laughs> so it was just pitchers. Yeah, that, that, so we so you had, you had to have somebody stationed to guard the snack bag at all times. It was like one of you had to make sure it was only pitchers getting into that snack bag. Usually, if like we're if the pitchers were down in the bullpen, we'd try to like keep the position players out of it. We let catchers eat out of it though, because the catchers are they catch us, so we had to show them some love. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, okay. What What would you all say was your your favorite part of of road trips? Because obviously, you all have a long season, more so than a lot of other sports on campus. So, like, uh, what what were those what were those road trip experiences like? I think our definitely our road trip tradition was uh, on the bus. We'd always play the game Mafia. If you ever played that, I've, I don't know what to compare it to, but you basically just try and decide who's in the mafia in this game. But that was always a game we play on the bus, and then I don't know road trips. What do you think, Loss? Yeah, we always played Mafia on the bus, and then we started playing uh, Crazy Eights. Oh, in yeah. High message games, just like uh, Uno. We got so we hooked get, on that. We'd we get into that for yeah, a couple we, hours. We bought Uno, and then we got off the bus, and we immediately all went to somebody's room and just started playing a huge game of Uno. Yeah, were you, were you keeping points in the Uno game, though? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, now, wait a minute now. How competitive was this? Was this Uno game? <laughs> oh man! In that <laughs> Everything we did was competitive. I remember KP. KP went on one. He didn't win like fifty straight games, and he heard about it for like a week. <laughs> wait a minute. He had a he had a fifty game Uno losing streak. Yeah. Well. He, it gets to a point where you're on a losing streak and like everyone targets you. So like you just stack fours on them and <laughs> gets around to KP and he's drawing 12 cards. <laughs> That's, brutal. That's brutal. That's brutal. Okay. That's so, now you mentioned that. Okay. So what is your, uh, I know Uno is kind of at the mercy of the cards, but did you all have a strategy going into a Uno game? about uh, how to attack it. Because if it's just a big group, you kind of know who's next to you. 
who's in front of you, who's behind you. So was there some strategy involved in that? Yeah, like you didn't want to get rid of your draw force too early. That way you could like, if someone puts one on you, you could be able to stack it. Yeah, that's a rookie try move. To, try to hold on to those till later in the game. <laughs> Usually too, I mean, if me and Lawson are sitting next to each other and say, let's say KP's on the other side, we try and low-key game plan. We're like, all right, let's attack KP here. Let's stack fours on him. Oh, that's cold. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, Hmm. Okay. What 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 would you all say is your your favorite uh, UCL baseball memory? You go ahead, loss. Probably the game after uh, four Hayes. Like what? after after the perfect game, someone came up, ripped my jersey off, ripped off my undershirt. So I was just trying to find all my shirts after trying to go shake hands and stuff. Wait, wait, wait. They, they, they tore your jersey off? Yeah, I don't know who all ripped it off, but the jersey was <laughs> off, and I don't know. Wait, so, wait, was it the other team that, that tore your jersey off? No, no, it was, it was our <laughs> team. I don't know who all ripped it, though. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a first. Okay, Braden, what, what is your favorite memory? Uh... I mean, cliche answer would probably just be playing in regionals against Central Missouri, and we lost in the regional final, I think, uh, 2019. But I think just mostly the part I miss the most is just showing up to the field every day, whether it's for, like, a casual practice and just messing around with the, all the boys, just hanging out, and, you know, talking about war stories about the fall or something like that, you know, just kicking it with everybody. Um, and what, what, what advice would you all give to, uh, young, young, inspiring pitchers? I'll go, I'll just say, I mean, I feel like me and Lawson both, I mean, we didn't like, once we got in the game, like, I just think you can't take things too hard. Like, kind of don't take everything so serious. Like at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's just a game. And I mean. I've seen people that take it way too serious. It gets to their head and like, they just don't succeed that way. So just kind of going out there. I don't know. Just keeping me and Lawson are both kind of like those locker room guys that kept everything like lighthearted mood. So I think just treating it like, just like you're out there hanging out with your friends. I mean, that's the all advice I have. Just don't take it too serious. Like it, when it's in the game, yeah, it's serious, but at the end of the day, it's just a game. Yeah, I'd say that, and just like, just be able to throw strikes. Like, it doesn't matter how hard you throw, because me and Bix, we didn't throw the hardest. We would just try to throw strikes and just let people put put a ball in play and just get out. Uh, and looking back on you all's careers, do do any of you have any regrets about how your careers went? No, nah, I'd say I don't have any regrets. No. Nah. Yeah, I wouldn't say I, would, I do either. Oh, okay. Um, and and what 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 would you all miss miss most uh, about your 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 time at at UCO? 
I'd probably just say like in the locker room before practice and like just going to practice every day, hanging out with everyone. I'll tell you what I don't miss is all the running we did in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> do not miss the running. <laughs> uh okay now Braden, now your your social media now your 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 name is is Bix Remington. So like how okay, what is the story behind that? I'm not gonna lie to you, when you when you message me and I'm like who is Bix Remington? Until I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I, I remember this guy's name from UCO." So how how did that come come about? You know, I wish I had a cooler story than what it actually is, but I think I was in high school, and me and my brother we were just hanging out, and we're just like, "Dude, let's just give each other fake names." Like I don't know why, but I ended up naming him Roscoe Malone and he named me Bix Remington. And we're just like, all right, that's it. Like we're going to put that as our social media handles. So we did. And then once I got to college, like the name Bix just kind of stuck. Like nobody called me Braden. Like it was kind of weird if somebody called me Braden. So like the coaches would call me Bix. And then I'm sure if you ask coach Martin, like, Hey, you know who Braden is? You'd be like, who? And you'd be like, Bix. You'd be like, Oh yeah. Bix. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I met Coach Martin. I guess it was last year for the for the first time. And play what what was it like playing for him? I mean, Coach Martin, he's an intense guy. I like playing with him. Like he just at the end of the day, he just wanted to win. So, I mean, if you do your job, he's not gonna have any problems with you. I mean, I think it's just, I don't know. I like playing with Coach Martin. I thought he was a good coach too. Yeah, I like playing with him. And, like, there was a couple of times, like, umpire make a bad call and he'd get tossed. So, like, he knew he'll, like, always have his players back. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and knowing that, what, what did that mean to you as a, as a player, kind of having the coach willing to go out there and, 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 and fight for you all? I thought it was big just knowing, I mean, and then Coach Martin, I mean, he also, like, he let you, like, kind of voice your opinion as a player. I mean, I remember me and him got into it one time, and then, I mean, I got I got ripped for it pretty good, but then we sat down in his office afterwards, and he just kind of, like, we talked it out. So it's like he can see your side as a player because he also played professional baseball, like I think in the Dodgers organization. So he can see where you're coming from. He can relate to you, and, like, at the end of the day, like, he has your back. Yeah, like playing for a coach like that, you just kind of like want to put everything on the line when you're when you're out there on the field, just because you know he'd do anything for you, so you just want to do anything. And then, yeah, even after playing baseball, like he's still like, I mean, I still have a good relationship with him. Every time I last year, I'd stop by the field to go watch this kid pitch, and then he'd always just ask me how it's going, all this. So he still have he still has good connections, still good relationships with all the alumni too. Okay. Um, so before I get you guys out of here, I do this with every new guest. Now, this is the first time we've had more than one guest on at a time. So my guest, uh, okay, let's see, your, your, your favorite sports team? The Yankees. Red Sox, dude. <laughs> this is where we differ. Okay, Wait. now what, what is this trash? What, what was the trash talk like? I imagine it had to be intense at times. Oh, it's worse now because we live together. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, <what? laughs> oh, man, I've got to be... <laughs> We're, we're in the same house right now, just different rooms. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's great. That's great. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um, you, you're, you're, well, now you're done with baseball, but your, your favorite hobby outside of baseball? Definitely golf. And then me? Gotta be bowling. We used to, <laughs> we used to, uh, the whole baseball team used to on Tuesday nights. We'd like the whole team. We'd go to the AMF bowling alley off Boulevard, and I mean that would get competitive too. I mean we we even started calling ourselves the Alley Cats. We had a bowling nickname and everything. We had bowling names. I think Lawson's bowling name was Iguana, and I think mine was a uh, my bowling name was Torpedo. Well, no, when you say it was competitive, now was it competitive amongst like individual players or like position groups? So, like, would it be pitchers against outfielders? Would it be outfielders against infielders? Or was it like every man for himself? No, it was every man for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and who usually would come out on top in these in these bowling excursions you all had? It was uh, usually. Different every time, but then I remember we'd been going for like a couple weeks, and then our teammate Owen Logan he just randomly showed up, and we're just like, All right, dude, we're gonna introduce him to the, the Alley Cats, like show him we can bowl. And he just shows up and bowls like a 214. And we're like, Dude, where have you been? You just <laughs> you just demolished us. <laughs> oh, just showed up. <laughs> Oh, uh, see, okay. Um, favorite food? Hmm. I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, I like I like seafood. I like some crab. Uh-huh. I'd probably say steak. Yeah. Okay. Now, with the steak, are we talking rare, medium rare, well done? How do we how do we eat the steak? I usually go with like medium rare. Medium rare. Okay. Okay, that's been the consensus so far. Uh, let's see. Favorite TV show? <laughs> Workaholics. Uh, I'd say Always Sunny in Philadelphia or Workaholics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, your, your, your favorite musical artist? Turnpike. Yeah, Turnpike Troubadours. Okay. You have a favorite song by them? I've tried like picking a favorite song by them, and it's just it's tough because almost every one of their songs is pretty good. I think the, I think the song "Whole Damn Town" that's uh that throws you back to when we're sitting on the roof hanging out. That's the song we'd always blare. Now, now I was told by Colin, you you all were the ones to put him on the turnpike. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. We had to um, we had to culture him a little bit. <laughs> Wait, so what was he? Okay, so what what was he listening to prior that you all were like, nah, you you need you need to listen to Turnpike. I don't know, whatever they listen to in Cushing, I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Okay, did you all have any uh, pregame routines that you normally would do? 
Mm. I wore my left sock inside out. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, I'd always take four hour broken for a game and usually have an energy drink. But no, I mean, n- nothing like wearing my sock inside out. <laughs> can't, can't step on the foul line either. Yeah. That's a, that's just a known rule across baseball. Really? Okay. Okay. So, like, what is it about stepping on the foul line that's that's kind of frowned upon? I don't know. I feel like I might have to do some research on this. I might go back to, like, the 1800s, dude. I just know it's always been frowned upon. I think the baseball gods look down bad on you if you step on the foul line. It's always like, if you step on the foul line before the game, I'm probably going to give up a home run. Okay. 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 Um. Well, let's see. I guess my final question for you, gentlemen, would would be: you have message to um, you know the the fan supporters of the baseball program. Uh, just you have a message for them. Uh, I guess uh, just about their support during your 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 time in a Bronco uniform. Yeah, I mean. I know the wrestling team, they'd always come get rowdy at the game, so shout out to them. But <laughs> yeah, it was fun just playing in front of like people you knew. Yeah, the last few weeks we had the wrestling, hockey, and I think some of the football and basketball teams show up. That was one of the big, bigger crowds we had. So that was fun to play in front of because they were getting into the other team and coaches. Some of the chirps they have are pretty good. Oh, uh, well... Gentlemen, I, I thank you for taking time to come on. I, I kind of came out of nowhere. I know Braden reached out to me on Instagram. It was like, hey, you know, hint, hint, a cool episode would be, you know, Lawson and I. And I was just like, hey, by all means. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> by, by all means. But I, I do, I appreciate you guys taking time. I, I uh, you know, I, I um, wish you all the best in, in, in your your, your, your future ventures and uh, if you ever want to come on again and talk some UCL baseball or Uno battles or bowling or whatever it, it have you you're, you're more than welcome to I appreciate it thanks yeah thanks for having us no problem thank you gentlemen thank you thank you so again I want to thank Braden and Lawson for taking time to come on it uh, that was a very fun, very fun interview. Those seem to be two very down to earth gentlemen, and um, I'm, I, I'm, you know, well, you know, I, I'm not, not going to say I was aware that Braden was the uh, ERA record holder prior to Kyler breaking it this past season, but I, I did know of, of Lawson's uh, uh, no no hitter, uh, perfect game, all that, because that was promoted very heavily there on the. Uh, social media pages so again i appreciate them coming up and like i said we're gonna make a continued effort to get more from other sports on here but tomorrow for the final day day four we'll be back to some ucl football um i got a player if you followed you know i have been a fan of as well now you could say that i've been a fan of, of, of a lot of guys but he's definitely one of these guys that i have been a fan of part of a very big duo hint hint i don't know if that's going to actually 
Um, it, it, it may tip my hand who I'm referring to. It might not, but you'll have to stand by tomorrow, find out. So uh, until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. Talk to you all later.